I mean, top one is where I would put it, but top five seems like an absolute lock. Butterfingers are just the worst candy bar in, in existence. All right, what? you have you have Snickers overrated that's disrespectful snickers is by far america's favorite candy bar you know sells the most and then if we're not if we're just talking about chocolate in general we got to include you know reese's cups and hershey's bar and twix in there and kit kats as well that are all better than butterfingers like butterfinger is just the ultimate nut low of candy bars it's that simple if you google the most popular candy bar Butterfingers is last on the list. Snickers is the most popular candy bar in 33 states, Benjamin. Listen, I, I won't I won't dispute the numbers with you. I don't give a I don't give a damn what these bloggers have to say. Oh, some some random lonely person thinks that Butterfingers are the 15th best candy bar. Save it. Not interested. Let me tell you about Butterfingers. They're crispy, right? They're crunchy, right? And they got that peanut butter filling that's just next level like what really differentiates a butterfingers from a reese's but the texture i just the I, taste the taste the taste the chocolate in that peanut butter <laughs> just my final you know thought on the entire situation is that imagine the scenario you're you're seven years old again eight years old again it's october 31st you're dressed up in your halloween costume you go up to your nice neighbor's door and they hand you a Butterfinger. That's putting a dagger through your heart as a seven-year-old. Getting a Butterfinger in your candy bag, in your sleeping bag. Oh, and it's like you you go into a gas station. Nobody's grabbing that Butterfinger. I think all the Butterfingers that are in gas stations right now are at least a year old. Maybe even two years old. Not the gas station down the street from me. They refilling them on the, on the monthly because I'm in there. I'm scooping them all up. <laughs> yeah. Ben is the only customer that Butterfingers has in Rochester. Hey, you know what? Butterfingers, if you want to sponsor me, I'll go hard for you. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 71 of the DFS Dose podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, and as always, I'm joined by Joey Carrion. On today's show, we are going to explore a couple of NFL future bets that we like, specifically a pair of win totals that really stood out to each of us. We'll also discuss Rookie of the Year and MVP odds to close out the show. But before we do any of that, Joey, would you mind telling the people how they can support the podcast? As always, you can support the DFS Dose by subscribing or following us on every major podcast platform, which includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and even Podcast Addict for all the Android listeners out there. Big shout out to my bros on Droids. <laughs> <laughs> and uh ben did you know that most of the listeners haven't rated the podcast yet they haven't no <laughs> what are they doing i i don't know so you know if you're feeling generous you're listening to this on your phone you could just go ahead and leave a rating or a review and remember five stars only because we provide the best content and then you can also follow us on twitter and instagram at the dfs dose as well to keep up to date with the latest news clips 
and takes from the DFS dose. You have you have no reason not to. I mean, you like money, you like winning in DFS and best ball. Yeah, you know, su- support course. the information, support the good information. We appreciate it. There's there's no sports right now, so that's why we're bringing this win total topic. But it's free money. And who doesn't like free money? Speaking of money, let's delve right into this NFL futures market. Uh, Joey, why don't you start us off with an NFL future that that really stands out to you? A win total, if you will. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite bets for a 2020 win total is the Cincinnati Bengals over five wins. And I just want to clarify for the listeners if they don't know. 2020 NFL win totals do not go based off last year's record. So the Bengals won two games last year. Obviously, they had the first pick. But when the market comes out with these odds, they're not taking into account last year's win totals. So you shouldn't take into account last year's win totals as as a better. So Bengals are at five wins. Some key additions that they had on defense, Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander, Von Bell, who's a safety, pretty uh, good young player, and they signed DJ Reader to the largest contract in the NFL right now for a defensive tackle. So those are some key additions on defense for the Bengals. On offense, they obviously drafted Joe Moneyborough at number one. They're going to have Jonah Williams back, who was their first round pick from 2019, and then AJ Green back as well, who's also healthy. And they also drafted T. Higgins with the first pick in the second round. All in all, the win total of five wins does not reflect the talent they ha- that they have on their team. Their offense could be one of the most talented offenses in the AFC. And I feel like five wins for a team that has the sixth easiest schedule in the NFL is just a lock. I, th- I think it's just free money. But I will say, I, I do have some cons written down. One of the major cons with this bet is that they could arguably be in the toughest division where the the three other teams could be all around better teams than the Bengals right they're probably the worst team in that division also another thing that I've written down is whether you believe that Joe Burrow will succeed early on in his career personally I think that he comes in and he wins them games I, I've turned into a Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow stan, and I will admit that. Does that have anything to do with the fact that one of the bets that you put some money on pre-draft was who Joe Burrow would hug, and when that man grasped his father within his arms, your bank account was looking pretty good? That has everything to do with it. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Okay? If you listen to that show, plus 300 odds on whether he would hug his dad or his girlfriend, and I specifically said, you know, I like the father between because of the you know the father son connection, and he hugged his father. That was easy money. Now I'm giving the listeners another easy bet on the back of Joe Moneyborough. I like everything you're saying. I love the Bengals' offense. I'm extremely high on on what this offense can do with AJ Green back, presumed to be healthy. Tyler Boyd is a proven asset for any offense at this point in his career. And I think T Higgins uh, slash John Ross, uh, whoever dominates those wide receiver three snaps is going to be a productive weapon for that team. Big fan of Joe Mixon. I mean, he is in my top eight or nine players in terms of best ball drafts, the the way that I'm ranking him there. I love him ahead of guys like Derrick Henry, ahead of guys like Aaron Jones, ahead of guys like Nick Chubb. 
Um, and, and that might be a hot take, but I really think that Joe Mixon is in for a monster season. I like this take. I like this take. The The one drawback that I would consider that you didn't mention during your cons aspect is how coronavirus is going to impact teams in the NFL, specifically teams with rookie quarterbacks, teams with coaches who are less experienced like Zach Taylor. Do I think that Zach Taylor and the amount of preparation that he's going to be able to get uh, and the lack of preparation he's going to be able to do due to coronavirus is going to impact the Bengals more than, say, a team like the Steelers in that division who has Mike Tomlin, who has Ben Roethlisberger with a lot of congruity in their offense. I do think that these teams with relatively young coaches and quarterbacks and and a lot of change might be affected by coronavirus uh, in the way that that's affecting offseason programs more than certain teams. So so that is something that I would be a little bit uh, you know, wary of when looking at a Bengals win total. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with that. And that goes for every team, you know, and especially for fantasy. I think we talked about it, you know, a couple episodes ago where there's definitely going to, you know, have some consequences on fantasy. And this could be, you know, either a really good fantasy year or a really bad fantasy year one way or the other with in terms of preparation and, you know, chemistry between between teammates. I mean, I definitely agree with that, but I think five wins is just a very low total for for the amount of talent that they gained in an offseason where many, you know, analysts gave them a, a grade of A. Like they had a great offseason, shirt up their secondary, shirt up their defensive line as well and brought in, you know, some good talent at offense on offense, so I like the Bengals a lot at five wins. So I'm going to go ahead and stay in the division here and talk about an under I like, and that is going to be the Baltimore Ravens. They won 14 games last year. Their over-under this year is set at 11.5. So to hit that over, you're going to need 12 wins. And I think that the numbers tell you that that is just unrealistic. You know, roughly two-thirds of the time over the last 10 years, since 2010, that a team went with 12 wins or more in the previous season, they did not repeat. So there's about a one in three chance that the Ravens hit that 12 win mark again. Okay. I think that it's extremely unlikely and and there's just so many outs to failure. Okay. Lamar Jackson could have another great season. He had a historic season last year, but what if it's just a little bit less historic you know what if it's just a good season you know do they have 12 wins and you look at the rest of the AFC North Joey's talking about all the improvements that the Bengals made okay I think that that could be said about almost every team in that Mm -hmm. division right Mm -hmm. the the Browns who were you know everybody's favorite preseason team last year underperformed you know heavily uh they they had their coaching staff completely washed out of the building after one year because they were so incompetent and wasting such a talented roster now if you think that baker mayfield in his third year and an incredibly talented group of players on the browns take a take a step forward you know maybe the ravens don't have such an easy go at it same thing with the steelers who had some of the most embarrassing quarterback play that i've ever seen in my life okay big yeah. ben is back now and that roster was good enough to squeak out eight wins with Duck Hodges, okay? It's just, to me, the AFC North is never going to be as easy for the Ravens to run over as it was last year. And yeah. and I'm not saying that they're going to be bad. They could get 11 wins and, and hit the under. So with such a high amount of games to have to win to cash that bet, I think that there's just a ton of equity in taking the under. 
Uh, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, this team, I think, lives and dies with Lamar Jackson. If he goes down and they're forced to run with RG3, this is a three to four win team, in my opinion. So as good as their roster is, as strong as their roster is, they they are really a team that is led by how successful Lamar Jackson is. And while I have faith in him, I just think that he's going to have a tougher time replicating the historic season he had in a division that looks a lot stronger. Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything you said. And I think betting on the under 11 and a half is, is a really good bet because regression is is due you know that that's anything in life like if you you know hit your ceiling you're due to regress the next year and 14 games people might not like understand but for like winning 14 games is very hard in the NFL that's a lot of favorable situations going their way and while they do have the easiest schedule I believe or one of the easiest schedules this year in terms of opponent win percentage I think the main point with what you said is that the division got tougher and I don't think they'll be able to run over their division like they did last year. And even if they lose, you know, like a one or two more division games, you're sitting right around that 12 win total, 11 win total. And I think that's one of the biggest factors with this bet. So just with the regression, you know, obviously that's a do. We saw it with Mahomes, you know, last year from his MVP season where he threw what, 50 touchdowns, obviously there was regression, dude. It's going to happen, and I think the Ravens are going to regress this year, although they do have one of the most talented rosters in the NFL, and they're all around a great organization ran by, you know, a great head coach. So I think it could go either way, but I I like the under here. Absolutely. Do you want to give me uh, your next win total that looks uh, looks juicy to you? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the listeners know. They they know I'm a Patriots fan, die hard. Oh God, <laughs> die hard a Patriots fan here. This bet may come from you know a source of bias, okay. But the Patriots win total is set at nine, nine and a half at some other books. You know it depends where you shop around, right? So we'll say nine just for the sake of the of the win total. I like them to win over nine games this year. How do you feel about that? Well, it's funny that you say that because the second win total that I was going to talk about is also the New England football Patriots, but I'm going on the under. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. Why do you think that this Patriots team is going to win that many games? Because I don't see it, but you can go first. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a toss up and maybe it is bias. Personally, I don't believe it is bias, um, but it maybe is. you might th- you might think it is. Yeah, it is. It absolutely is. I think with Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels, and defense controlling games, I think that the Patriots can still be competitive. They're just the most structurally sound organization in all of football. They're focused on doing their job. In winning games. And I don't think Belichick is going to lose seven games or more. The Patriots are still in one of the weakest divisions in the NFL. I personally believe that the Jets and the Dolphins are, you know, a year or two away from being competitive. With that being said, the Buffalo Bills, you know, Bills Mafia, I, I think they have a better overall roster, but uh, Bill Belichick knows how to beat them, okay? We've, we've seen it over the last 20 years. 
14 and 6 without Tom Brady since he took over as a starter. Matt Castle led Patriots went 11 and 5, Ben, in 2008. I think the Patriots have a very good shot at winning more than nine games. All right. I, I like I like what I'm hearing from you. You know, it, it doesn't seem to be too biased. Seems to be based in reason. You know, you saying that you think the Bills might have a better roster than the Patriots might be the nicest thing you've ever said about the team closest to where we live. You know, I've heard I've heard a lot of hate coming from you, but you know that that might be the nicest thing you've ever said about the Bills. The offense gives them the edge in the roster because I know one of your things that you're gonna mention because I j- I just know everything is the Patriots skill group so yeah. why, don't, why don't you go go ahead and and talk about that and and i'll see what i can uh kind of retaliate with yeah well there, there i don't think there's going to be much for you to retaliate with because i'm about to drop the hammer on your ass <laughs> pause <laughs> listen i heard you talk about bill belichick heard you talk about josh mcdaniels for some reason i heard the name matt castle being brought up but i think there's one name that wasn't brought up and that is where this team is going to live and die, and that is with a young man named Jarrett Stidham. Now, Bill Belichick, the GOAT, the coach, the greatest coach of all time, said from his own two lips after free agency, after the draft, that having Jarrett Stidham and Brian Hoyer as the only two quarterbacks on the depth chart was not by design. To me, that tells you everything you need to know. The Patriots, yes, they've been one of the most consistent organizations. Nobody is in their right mind would debate that. But part of that is having Tom Brady for the last 20 years, okay? They have Jarrett Stidham at quarterback. And yeah, maybe Tom Brady, being the GOAT that he is, is able to elevate these offenses, is able to, you know, maneuver with his pure genius and and game situational awareness in ways that can can take a depth chart with little to no offensive talent and and still push to the playoffs. Do I think Jarrett Stidham is able to do that? I don't. And I think the Patriots actually did him pretty dirty by not surrounding him with talent. You look at other quarterbacks around the league, Drew Locke, Gardner Minshew, Dwayne Haskins. Yeah, Jared Stidham's not the only unproven guy in the NFL. There's other unproven young quarterbacks. But the Broncos did everything in their power to surround Drew Locke with explosive pass catchers. That Broncos offense is loaded with talent. Same, I would say the same thing about uh, the Jaguars as well. You know, DJ Chark, D.D. Westbrook, uh, Chenault they brought in, Chris Conley, okay? There, there's weapons there for Minshew to work with if they actually believe he's that guy. Even Dwayne Haskins has a decent surrounding cast. The Patriots have Julian Edelman, who's turning 34 like tomorrow or sometime this week. They have Nikhil Harry, who, you know, I'm coming around to in terms of his value in best ball. He's going late enough where I'm I'm taking some shots on him. But his career trajectory could easily be the next Josh Doxson or Laquan Treadwell, a complete bust. And other than that, they've got Mohamed Sanu, who was one of the worst trades in the last five years. So to me, this team is a three or four win team that Bill Belichick will be able to coach up to six or seven wins. But they are not getting eight wins. They are not getting nine wins. The Bills are the better roster in this division. The Bills are finally a team that has, in my opinion, a good quarterback, a quarterback (laughs) that is serviceable, and they've surrounded him with the offensive talent that they need to, to win games with a good defense and good coaching, which I do believe they have in Sean McDermott. You know, the the Patriots aren't going to just walk all over this division. I agree with you about the Dolphins, the Jets both being a year away, but 
even if they are a year away, they should be better than they were last year. You know, much like I talked about with the Ravens, that division is improving. Now, are they improving as quickly as some of the teams in the AFC North? No, they're not. The Dolphins, the Jets should both be bad, but the Patriots should be bad too. And, and that's what I think people aren't uh, aren't really accepting. <sighs> okay, okay. See, I don't want to... I don't want to make this, you know, a Patriots episode. So I'm not going to I'm not going to speak on it for for a long time, but I I agree, okay? I I definitely agree with everything you said. I'm not disputing that. You know, I'm I'm not dumb. I could see that there is a very realistic chance to failure for the Patriots this year. Could easily be a four-win season with the lack of talent. But you know what I believe in? I believe in Bill Belichick. I'm never going to doubt this man and what he can do as the head coach of the New England Patriots. The Patriots don't need, you know, guys like Julio Jones or Michael Thomas or Chris Godwin to succeed. They're going to get the guys who fit in the system and make the system work. And that's what I have faith in. With that faith, I'm willing to risk my hard-earned dollars that the Patriots will still be a competitive team this year without Tom Brady. Even if it's Jarrett Stidham or, you know, it wasn't by design. The point of the matter is they didn't draft a quarterback and they didn't sign one. So that means my guy, Jarrett Stidham, is the guy. And I have faith that he can come into the system, be productive, and all he has to do is not make mistakes. And that is the biggest thing. If he can limit mistakes, the Patriots have a good chance of being a successful team this season. Now, if he comes in there like Jameis Winston, then we're going to have an issue, okay? But Stidham was consistently one of the most mistake-free quarterbacks in college football when he played. So I think he has the skill set that can translate into the Patriots system. And I have faith in uh in Billy to get the job done. Because they obviously think it's good enough. And if they think it's good enough, then I think it's good enough. They think it's good enough to get Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> Yo, I'm not complaining as a fan. Like, yeah, I've, you're, I've, you're I've, sad either way. Ah, yeah, exactly. I've been saying this to you know everybody. I've said it to you. Said it to some other friends. It's a win-win season for the Patriots, no matter what. It's a, it's a, it's a win-win season, no matter how you look at it. They do good. They found they find out that they have their guy in Jared Stidham. They move forward. You know everything's all set. If they don't do good. They probably get a good draft pick. They draft Trevor Lawrence, you know, another 15 years of domination. It's a win-win season for the Patriots anyways. But like I said, I have faith that the Patriots will be a good team, a productive team this year. And I, I think they'll, they'll win games based on their defense. That's it. That, that That's just what I believe. That, that is a good point. If there's anything you want to do in 2020, it's win games with your defense. But uh, I think that we can move on. To the end of our show here, MVP, Rookie of the Year. Let's start with MVP. What stands out to you at MVP? Yeah, so Patrick Mahomes is the favorite to win MVP, rightfully so. He's the best quarterback in the NFL right now. Just an absolutely electric player on a Chiefs offense. That should be really good. But with this segment that we're giving the listeners, we're looking you know, to maybe hit some money, some big money. Okay, We're not, we're not looking to bet these small favorites and you know win a couple hundred dollars we're looking at some guys that could potentially win us thousands oh yeah one of my favorite mvp picks for this year maybe this goes back to my bias but tom brady has 16 to 1 odds or plus 1600 to win mvp the players at the skill positions 
I think are one of the best in the NFL. They have a coach that loves to throw the ball and put and push the ball downfield. Tom Brady has a realistic shot at winning MVP and winning the NFC South and leading the Buccaneers to a Super Bowl. I, I don't think that's the worst take. I don't agree with it. In fact, if we had gone one deeper and done three win totals each, I probably would have talked about the under for the Bucs. I think that the hype is a little bit out of control, but I could easily see them being successful uh, for a lot of the reasons you mentioned, the offense, the coach, Brady. And one thing that I think helps your case in terms of MVP is you have to remember that these aren't, you know, these, these, awards aren't decided by PFF grades. They're decided by journalists across the country who have votes on it. And Mm -hmm. Tom Brady and the Bucks, you know, whether you like it or not, they're going to be the story of the 2020 season. This is one of the craziest switchings of teams. And if he's successful, the narrative, all of that is going to really help Tom Brady. I think they would love to give him this award, love to give him that shine. As much as, you know, Tom Brady may or may not be viewed as a hated character in his time with the Patriots. I think that this is going to, you know, put him in a different light with a lot of people. And, And analysts, you know, national writers, people who have these votes, they love Tom Brady. So yeah. I, I could totally see that happening, even if I don't necessarily want to go all in on the Bucks hype. I think that's a pretty good pick. And I, I didn't really do too much research myself into MVP, but just looking at the list right now, Ben Roethlisberger is a name I like a lot. You're getting insane odds. Uh, I'm looking at Odd Shark right now. You're getting plus 4,000 on Ben Roethlisberger. Maybe I'm just taken by the hype, uh, you know, the hype video that him and Juju Smith-Schuster posted on uh, social media this past week. But, you know, Ben Roethlisberger, the man shaved the beard. He's coming into an absolutely loaded offense with a team with one of the best defenses in the league as well in the Steelers. And Ben Roethlisberger is another player who, you know, he's just one of those legacy guys that I think that voters on this subject would would really be interested in. Yeah, I don't I don't mind Ben Roethlisberger and you can get odds as high as 50 to one. So plus 5000 on Ben Roethlisberger if you shop around. So definitely, definitely good odds for Big Ben. Um, I would say he's obviously a long shot to win the MVP. But like you said, he's coming into a loaded offense. And I think MVP also has a lot to do with team success as well. Like they're not going to give the MVP to a player on a bad team. Mm -hmm. So if the Steelers are successful and Ben Roethlisberger can, you know, throw for 35, 40 touchdowns, I I think there's a good shot that he can win. All right. And then rookie of the year is a bet that I wanted to explore a little bit. Looking at the odds, I think that there's some pretty clear standouts and just doing a little, uh, a little digging, you know, over the last 20 seasons, only three positions have been selected for rookie of the year. There have been nine running back selections, eight quarterback selections, and three wide receiver selections, right? So you can pretty much eliminate any defensive player from the pool. Okay. They're not as flashy. Uh, and, and rookies tend to be these offensive guys that go off. It's almost certainly going to be a running back or a quarterback. The numbers would tell you that. Is there a little concern on my end that it could be a wide receiver and what is, you know, expected to be one of the best classes in recent memory? Yeah, maybe, maybe this is a wide receiver year you know, like Odell Beckham uh, in the last historic class that we had. But I think that more likely than not, it's either going to be a quarterback or a running back. So let's look at let's look at the three people that I believe have a legit shot at this. One is Joe Burrow, who Joey uh, talked about during his Bengals segment. All the reasons to like him. He's really the only quarterback that I think has a shot at this. Tua's not going to be ready in time. Uh, Herbert is probably not going to start 16 games. He's going to be behind Tyrod for a portion of the season. 
although I do like the Chargers' chances to win a lot of games. I just don't see it happening. Maybe Joey's contaminated me with all of his uh, Herbert hatred uh, in the pre-draft <laughs> process that I've started to believe that as well. His odds are plus 250. I mean, getting plus money like that, I think, is pretty good on Joe Burrow. But, you know, over the last 20 seasons, it's mostly been running backs, and you're getting the best odds, I think, on the top two running backs in this class. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire at plus 400 makes all the sense in the world to me. He comes into the best offense in the league with the best quarterback in the league. He's going to have a pass game role. He's going to be explosive. And the path to instant success is right there. It's laid out. So so my pick for this would be Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. He's the right position. He's entering the right situation. And he's got the right draft capital. So, so that's my pick. And if you want a long shot bet, I like Jonathan Taylor at plus 900 as well. He could easily come into the league behind one of the best offensive lines on a team that has a lot of weapons, uh, mm-hmm. a team that has the chance to go straight to the playoffs and it could be on his back. You know, he is the type of runner who, you know, yeah, he may not be a number one running back in PPR, but in terms of real life NFL, I mean, he could rush for 1200, 1300 yards in his first season. And I think that at plus 900, that's uh that's pretty favorable. Yeah. I don't mind Jonathan Taylor as, you know, like a long shot rookie of the year pick, but I mean, you already know if I had to pick one, I'm going with Joe Moneyborough. Um, just for the simple fact that, you know, he's a quarterback. He's going to be starting from day one. He's going to have the ball in his hands every single play. And I think he's just a talented quarterback that can come in and succeed right away. I don't mind the Clyde Edwards Hilaire pick, but the only thing that will hurt him is Damian Williams still getting touches. Andy Reid has really never used a running back as a workhorse. There's always been two, even three running backs that kind of shine in Andy Reid's system. So I think that's what hurts Edwards Hilaire in terms of, you know, winning rookie of the year. But I, I, I don't mind the pick. Obviously, first round draft capital could be a really good player for the Chiefs. But if I had to pick, Joe Burrow is is the guy that I want to put my money on and hope that, you know, he could he could be as good as he was with LSU last year. I think that's all I've got for this episode. You got anything else you want to cover? No, I think I think we covered just about everything. You know, just a nice short episode on, on some win totals that we like. And, you know, hopefully people put their hard-earned dollars on, on these totals because I know I am. And I am as well. So we will be back with another episode soon. Get back into some fantasy football talk. Absolutely. But we just had to highlight some of these bets And again, you know, the best time to get on these is now because the market is going to become more and more efficient as people are putting money on these as they find out where the public opinion is. So the earlier you bet on these, the better odds you're going to get on the plays that you want to be confident in. So, so, you know, if you're, if you like these bets, get on them now before the odds change. And that's going to be it for us on episode 71 of the DFS Dose podcast. As Joey said at the top of the show, you know, leave a rating or review. We would really appreciate it. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podcast Addict, SoundCloud, everywhere. Twitter, of course, at the DFS Dose. And my personal Twitter is at Ben Hover, B-E-N-H-A-U-V-E-R. Joey, tell them where they can find you. You can find me on Twitter at Joey Carrion DFS. And I'm gonna I'm gonna need some of you guys to follow me. All right. I only have a hundred followers. DFS Dose is approaching five hundred followers on that Twitter. So if you're following that, just go ahead, follow me. I'm linked in the bio. It's pretty easy. You know, Ben has 
900 followers and I don't get a single follower out of that. So I'm going to, I'm going to need those followers to follow me as well. Get my man a follow. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Get my man a follow. I mean, besides maybe the candy bar takes and you know, the showering takes, he's got some good takes. Don't let the bad ones taint his image, (laughs) but that's going to be it for us guys. We will talk to you soon.